you'll turn in your Bibles tonight to Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, as we come back to the topic, the whole of depression and God's good providence, we schedule our sermon series to have one psalm per Sunday, and so we had one psalm for Psalm 42 and one Sunday for Psalm 43, but as you read them, you see that they should not be separated. And so this subject matter has allowed us to spend more than one week, which is much needed, and we're glad to return to it once again. Psalm 42, to the choir master, a mascal of the sons of Korah, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I go with the throng and lead them in a procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why? Do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against the ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre. O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him. My salvation and my God. Amen. You may be seated. Isaac Watts, the hymn writer, wrote, Come we that love the Lord has a stanza that you are familiar with. It says, The hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets before we reach the heavenly fields or walk the golden streets. And that poetic imagery is helpful to us as we think about the Christian life, hopefully one that we experientially enjoy, that we enjoy the sacred sweets that are afforded to us every day, and especially on the Lord's Day as we feast on His grace that is given to us as a church, as we heard this morning on that forgiveness of sins, on the joy of our salvation, on the nearness and dearness of the presence of God a sweet fellowship that we have with one another. And the list goes on and on. Watts is right. It's literally thousands of sacred 
sweets, morsels, or treats, as it were. In our home, perhaps in yours, our children are very fond of treats, and that's what we call them. Typically after dinner, the question is always asked, without fail, can we have a treat? And more often than not, we say yes to much cheer and delight of both children and of dad. Or perhaps if you have pets, which aren't altogether different than having children, you have special treats for them and your dog gets very excited. Their tail begins to wave and their tongue sticks out. Or if you have cats, I'm sure they get excited too, uh, deep down somewhere. Perhaps they'll meow or do something of that nature. But the point is, life is quite dull without such things. In the same way, the Lord allows us to experience some of those sacred sweets to enliven our hearts and to enliven our mind and to keep us going. But that is not always the case, is it? Sometimes those things seem to be withdrawn or things that once were sweet have lost their sweetness. The joy of the salvation is not as joyous as it once was. The presence of God is far away. The fellowship of saints seems more burdensome than life-giving. And so what do you do? Where do you go? How do you manage and or even remedy such a situation as that? Well, thankfully, the Lord has not left us without his revelation. Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 are testimony that Christians, believers, can go through times of darkness and despair and Yes, even depression. And this can be because of multiple factors. Sometimes it can be self-inflicted, other times not. Sometimes we can be guilty sufferers, and sometimes we can be innocent sufferers because we live in a fallen world. But nevertheless, the effects are quite the same. It affects us physically and spiritually and emotionally and mentally all of which we saw last time that we looked at these psalms. We are affected wholly. We are whole beings. And therefore the solution is not going to be just one, but all. It's going to be physical and emotional and spiritual and mental solutions that God is gracious to give us. And so tonight I want to return to this passage and Look at some of the solutions. Look at some of the remedies during times like this, if you have gone through it or are even going through it at this time. We'll see four points tonight. Seeking, remembering, speaking, and hoping. As we begin, I'll try not to be like the end of those pharmaceutical prescription medicine commercials when they speak really, really fast and speak of all the side effects. But before we begin, it's right for me to give a few forewarnings and caveats before a sermon like this. And the first would be this, that there are no quick fixes. That even if you do all that is said in this psalm, which I think there are some wonderful solutions in here, this isn't a overnight solution. Yes, the Lord can indeed work supernaturally in a moment, but that is not typical. 
Usually what is typical is quite a slog. What led to this didn't happen just in a moment's notice. It happened over a matter of time, and so getting relief will probably happen in the same manner. The second is that this list that I'm going to give you is not comprehensive. No doubt there are many, many more remedies and solutions, so forgive me tonight for the ones that I leave out. No doubt many of you will say, well, you didn't mention this or didn't mention that, or when I go through times like this, I always find that to be helpful, and all of that is no doubt true. But I want to limit myself to the solutions that seem to be embedded here in these two psalms. And then third, this is not a one-size-fits-all problem. Therefore, this is not a one-size-fits-all solution. What I hope to give tonight is general practices that I think are good and right for any Christian. And in there, there is help. In that, there is help. And, and I hope it will be of even great help to you. But I do recommend in addition to what I say to any of you or any that would be listening to this message that this is something that if you are going through, then you ought to reach out, that each situation is different and therefore how these things are applied can be specifically applied to you through a wise and godly biblical pastor or counselor or friend that would help you to apply it to your situation. And so if you hear nothing else this night, hear this, do not suffer alone or suffer in silence. Well, that is the enough of the forewarning. As we get into this text, we first see some of the remedies and solutions, and the first would be that of seeking, seeking after God and not giving up. When we look at this psalm, that's where the psalmist begins in verse 1 and verse 2, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So we saw a couple weeks ago, this is not the idyllic scene that we might think it would be. This is more of a frantic deer on the run being chased by a predator scene. That This deer is not peacefully standing in a creek drinking water. He is thirsting, even almost unto death itself. However, what we do see or should see or see and hear in this psalmist is that his heart and in his mind, he is continually seeking the Lord. He has the desire to be with the Lord and seek the Lord's face. As we said last time, when shall I come and appear before God? That literally means to come and be, appear before his face. When will I feel? When will I know that the countenance of God, when will I know that which feels far away and distant? Indeed, he recognizes his need, that his soul thirsts, that his heart pants for the Lord. And in it, we see that he knows the remedy. The remedy is the Lord. Therefore, yes, he is in darkness. Yes, he's in despair and turmoil within, but he continues to seek after God. And I would tell you that this first spiritual remedy is first for a reason. Because if you do not do this, then you will not get to the other. This one leads to all the rest. 
This is the pathway to the other remedies, the other solutions. Because there is ultimately no hope, no salvation apart from God. You need God. Yes, you, you might find temporary solace and comfort apart from God. But the eternal hope and salvation is found in Him alone. And therefore, I would say to you, you cannot give up on that. And at the same time, that will be perhaps one of the most difficult things to continue in, to continue to attain and continue to strive in the midst of darkness and despair because the desire will be to give up. No doubt you'll be tired, perhaps even angry at God, and you'll want to go in the opposite direction. And so I tell you right now that this is where the the battle really commences and really where it is a fight as you continue to put one foot in front of the other, spiritually speaking. If you remember John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, early on in his journey, goes through the slew of despond or despondency. And you remember it was a miry bog. And that's oftentimes how it's going to feel as you enter into times like this, that spiritually speaking, every step, every way forward, any progress is going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. And you're not able to to make leaps and bounds. But Christian in that novel knew that if he stood still, he would sink all the more in the miry bog. And so when you're going through this, the same is true. You need to continue to, to go forward. Go forward praying. Go forward worshiping. Go forward reading the Bible. At times, no doubt, it'll feel like you're merely going through the motions. But I tell you that that is okay. Again, we do not live by feelings, but rather actions. And Lord willing, the the feelings will come along in in due time. But I tell you that that is the, the life breath during times like this. And our last home that we moved from, we had a hill right outside of our home that was affectionately called by our kids and the neighborhood kids, Killer Hill, because it was so steep. And indeed, it was a a killer. Even in the car, you really had to floor the gas to get up this hill. But if you were on a bike, it was especially difficult. But there was only one way to get to the top if you were riding a bike, and that was to continue to pedal as hard as it was to to continue to, to grind out each and every turn of the wheel, each pedal you had to continue to do so because the moment you stopped pedaling, you were done. What I tell you is you're doing that. That's exactly what you wanted to do. You wanted to stop because it was a, a pure grind. Your legs are burning and you're breathing hard. The same is true spiritually speaking. Perhaps some of you right now are on killer hill spiritually and you need to keep pedaling. 
Again, I know how it is. You need to keep seeking the Lord, continue to cry out to him. Psalm 73, which is another wonderful psalm on this same subject. The psalmist there says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Notice the psalmist does not put any hope in his own flesh or his own heart even. He puts his hope fully in God who is the strength of his heart and the portion forever. And so if you continue to seek the Lord, the Lord will continue to give you his strength and persevere you through it. Second, you must not only seek, but you need to continue to remember. You see this in verse four. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. And what the psalmist remembers is the, the work of God, the work of God in his Life, you see that at the end of verse four, how I would go with the throng, lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. The psalmist remembers more pleasant days in the past, days that were filled with joy and praise and worship, him joining the festal procession amongst the throng in the house of God. And no doubt thinking of times like this will, will come with a sting, Because it will seem like that is distant and far away. You do not have it now. But I think what the psalmist is doing, even though he's he's pouring out his lament, he's pouring out his complaint, he's also remembering the work of the Lord, the work that the Lord has done in his life, the work of salvation, the joy of fellowship, the joy of the presence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, We need to continue to remember when we feel like we have none of that in the present. We need to do much like the Lord told the Israelites to do when they entered into the promised land to set up Ebenezer's. You remember what those were? Those were stones of remembrance. He tells them to do this because otherwise you will forget what the Lord has done for you. And I tell you, spiritually speaking, you need to set up some of your own Ebenezer's. Perhaps you need to just write out the ways that you've seen the Lord at work in the past as well as in the present, how he has been faithful. Maybe perhaps you need to literally do what the Israelites had to do. Go collect some some rocks and some stones and write on them the work of God or the blessings of God or the character of God. And perhaps you need to keep those by your bedside or the place where you oftentimes suffer this despair or this depression and and literally pick up those rocks and, and remember what God has done and who he is and say, oh yes, I, I remember how quickly I've forgotten, how quickly these things are, are far from me. But Lord, again, you have been my rock and my refuge You have been the one that has worked in my life. And it's not only the work of the Lord, it's the person of the Lord, as I said, to remember his character. Look at verse eight. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. 
Notice that that after he said that deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. You you see that he's in a, a spiritual low point. Feels like he's drowning and he can't get out of it. But what is it that is his anchor? What is it that is his hope in the midst of this? It is the steadfast love of the Lord. You know what that word is. You've heard it so often. It's the, the hesed, the covenant love of God. The psalmist remembers that God is a, a covenant God, one that has made covenant for a thousand generations of those that love him and keep his commandments. God's love is constant. It does not ebb and does not flow like ours. God does not have good days and bad days. No, the love of the Lord never changes if we feel it or not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, his love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you know of God's love yesterday, but don't feel it today, and you're uncertain that it will be there tomorrow, who has changed, us or God? It is us, surely. It's like going down into a a dark basement during the day. You don't go down there and see that it's dark and and say, why has the sun stopped shining? No, the sun is still shining, even though you may be in that place of darkness. You need to be reminded that it's your situation, it's your circumstance that has changed, not God. And the same with his love to you. And so, therefore, Claim God's love again and again and again. Romans 8, again, a wonderful chapter to turn to during times like this. Paul says, who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. William Cooper, who's a hymn writer, friend of John Newton, struggled with terrible depression almost the entirety of his life. And often that came out in his poems and his songs. And in one such, he wrote about the the struggle and asking the Lord to restore some of that former blessedness. And I think you'll hear in this that, that remembering that William Cooper had to do so often. He writes this, again, this poem was turned into a song. Where's the blessedness I knew when I first saw the Lord? Where's the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? What peaceful hours I once enjoyed. How sweet their memory still but they have left an aching void the world can never fill. Return, O holy dove, return, sweet messenger of rest. I hate the sin that made thee mourn and drove thee from my breast. And so indeed, we must continue to remember because that remembering keeps bringing us back to the Lord. Well, third, that will naturally lead to speaking and speaking not only to God, but speaking to yourself. If you ever needed justification for being able to speak to yourself, you have it here in Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. Because what do we read in the chorus? 
We read that repeated parts. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? The psalmist is speaking to himself. And this is not speaking to yourself or speaking to yourself's sake. It's speaking truth to yourself and combating those lies. And I think that's oftentimes best done audibly, speaking out loud. As I mentioned this morning, we need to be people that primarily hear. We live by hearing, not seeing, and not ultimately feeling. The world lives by sight, but we are to live by faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Jesus said, blessed are the ears that are able to hear. And so the word and the Spirit always work in conjunction with one another. And so if you want to apply the Spirit to yourself, then read the word. Read the word even out loud. Because as Luther's famous hymn says, it's one little word that shall fail him. That is the the evil one. Or as we read in Psalm 8, that it's through the the praises that silence the, the foe and the avenger. The word is that sword of the spirit. It is the light that penetrates the darkness. And we see that even here in this psalm. If you go to Psalm 43 and verse 3, what does the psalmist ask? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. You see what the psalmist is asking, that it would be the light of your truth that leads me in this time of darkness, that it would bring me literally to your presence, to your dwelling place. Indeed, we need that light and that truth in whatever form we can get it. And if I could, let me just give you a practical tip here. Sometimes reading or perhaps even listening to sermons or preaching, which are good things to do during times like this, but oftentimes can be very taxing physically and mentally and and even emotionally. And those things are oftentimes not strong during times like this. So let me recommend to you using music, truth in musical form, be it hymns or songs or spiritual songs or listening to some of your favorite Christian artists or artists in general are very, very helpful during times like this. Why? Because I think music has a way of penetrating the soul that other truth may or may not be able to. Music is such a a special gift of God. Indeed, it is all the things that we've talked about. It is physical, it is emotional, it is mental, it is spiritual, and therefore it can be a wonderful balm. I know many that have been greatly aided myself included, by music during times of of darkness and depression. And and I think we see that even here in this psalm back in verse 8. He says, at night, his song is with me. And you have to be reminded that this ultimately was a song. This psalm was a song that was to be used for those that were going through times of, of darkness and despair. And so it gives us its hope, like other songs might. These psalms are given to us as songs to weary souls to help us to speak truth. Well, fourth, after seeking, remembering, speaking, fourth, we have hoping. Overall, this psalm is a psalm of 
hope. And we hear that again and again in that refrain, in that chorus, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. That is repeated three times in verse five and verse 11, and then again in Psalm 43. It's the constant drumbeat in this psalm. You might say, well, yes, that is what I want. I I want hope, and I hope that I will have hope. No, that is not what the psalmist is saying here. This is not a hope so. No, this is a hope that you already have. This is a sure hope. This is an anchor of the soul. It is a full expectation that you do have it, that you do possess it. Why is it? Why can we be that confident to say we don't just hope so? No, we have it. We, we have it so. Well, because we see what the psalmist looked to. Again, listen to what the psalmist says. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. His hope is in God because he has salvation And he has salvation because his God is his salvation. How could the psalmist speak of the Lord as his salvation? Well, ultimately, the Lord saves, and surely this psalmist as a priest, as a song son of Korah, saw the salvation of the Lord pictured day after day at the daily sacrifice of sins. But if he knew of the salvation that is given in God and God alone, If that was true for him, how much more for us? It's been given the full revelation of God, the coming of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, this psalm is a psalm of the Lord Jesus Christ who experienced all of what is said in this psalm. I think even on this Palm Sunday, as the crowds sang and waved their palm branches And with Christ knowing what was lying before him, I wonder if the words of this psalm were before him. With that heavy load and burden of being the sin sacrifice of the world. How he was to be the lamb of God. I was to take away the sins of the world with the cross before him. I wonder if these words echoed true of his experience that my tears have been my food day and night. Well, they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my song, as I go with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad songs and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. You can almost see it that he hears the praise of those all around him and yet what is he experiencing? He's experiencing turmoil within him. Wondering where is his God? Knowing that he is going to be left, that he's going to be forsaken, that on the cross he's going to say, I thirst. My soul thirst. And indeed that was the worst of all the tortures, wasn't it? And it wasn't the crown, it wasn't the nails, it was the separation from the Father, something that he had never experienced before. And that is not separation like we might experience separation in times like this where we feel distant. No, he literally was made distant. 
from the Father's love and from his favor, from his blessedness. The hesed of God was turned from him. Why? So that it would never, ever, ever, for all of eternity, be separated from us. That he would suffer outside the camp so that none of us would ever be made to be put outside the camp. Never be put out into the place of darkness, true darkness, where the worm is never quenched and the fire fully consumes, where we're left to ourselves, where we are abandoned, where we are forsaken. That will never take place if you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so even though you may feel like you're going through hell even now, you can have a hope. Not a hope so, but a true hope. That Christ has gone through this even to a greater extent, a much greater extent than any of us have ever gone through. So much so that he would cry out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of this darkness and despair that we would never know. But through it, he can be the sympathetic high priest. And therefore, we can go to him and find comforts. And it also reminds us that he was the substitutionary atonement for us. So that we know that even as we go through this, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not a punishment. We're not making an atonement for our sins, nor ever could. The Lord has already done that for us. And therefore, as hard as it may be, this is ultimately for our good for our sanctification, that he is burning the dross so that our faith and our love and our hope would be that of pure gold. It doesn't reduce the pain or the painfulness, but we can rejoice that he is using it ultimately for our good and his glory. And we can also rejoice that it is only temporary. Yes, it may be even the rest of our days, but nevertheless, even that is temporary in comparison with eternity because we are the Lord's and he is ours. That's again what Paul says in Romans 8, verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And yet, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will we also not with him graciously Give us all things. Again, this is where in the past we are to remember, in the present we are to seek, and in the future we have this hope. And the Lord continually through it remains faithful. Close tonight with, again, the hymn writer William Cooper, spelled C-O-W-P-E-R, as I mentioned, was so prone to melancholy, as they called it back then, and depression. 
that he tried to end his life multiple times. In fact, it got so bad that he had to be put into an asylum. And it was there in the asylum that he believes that he was truly converted, that he began reading the Bible and turned to this passage in Romans chapter three, where it says, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Cooper writes this, immediately I received the strength to believe it and the full beams of the son of righteousness shone upon me. I saw the sufficiency of the atonement he had made, my pardon sealed in his blood and all the fullness and completeness of his justification. In a moment I believe and receive the gospel. Goes on to say, unless the almighty arm had been under me, I think I would have died with gratitude and joy. This did not mean that Cooper was automatically healed or did not continue to struggle with depression. In fact, I would say he suffered the entirety of his life. And it was the word of God and his friendship with John Newton that sustained him, but I think we are the benefactors of his darkness and his depression because he is the one that wrote songs for the church, much like Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, one of the most famous of which is God moves in a mysterious way. It says God moves in a mysterious way as wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep and unfathomable minds of never failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break and blessing on your head. Goes on to say, judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. Indeed, dear weary, cast down turmoil within Christian Continue by the grace of God to seek, to remember, to speak, and to hope. Because behind a frowning providence, he hides a fatherly, smiling face. And so indeed, because of that, we can hope in God. For we shall yet praise him. For indeed, Jesus is my salvation and my God. Amen. Join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you that we can turn to your word during times like this, that even thoughts and feelings that we may be experiencing do not put us far away from you, even though that may be what we feel like. But Lord, you rather draw us in through your word and through your truth, and we are reminded through it, O Lord of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love, Lord, that we may judge by feeble sense, but your truth and your goodness and your love prevail even against that. For Lord, we know the good news of the gospel, of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. 
that he was forsaken so that we would never have to be. He was exiled and placed outside of the camp so that, Lord, we would never be outside of your presence and never outside of your family, but rather would be called sons and daughters of yours. And so, Lord, we pray and ask as a father that deeply loves that you would help and aid and minister to any son or daughter that is struggling, like the psalmist was struggling with that turmoil within, with being cast down of face and of soul, and that you would give the hope, the hope that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And indeed, we would praise him and know you again and again to be our salvation and indeed to be our God. We thank you for this wonderful hope that is in Christ our Lord. It's in his name we pray.